0: Scotty Barnes is amazing. But how amazing is he in comparison to other past Raptors rookie greats? We discuss that and more on today's episode of the podcast with Amit Mann from Yahoo Sports Canada. We also will take a look at a pair of massive games against the Suns and Nuggets coming up on Friday and Saturday. Do the Raptors stand a chance? We will get to that with Amit as well, coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, like cuz when I shot it, I expected to make it. So like I don't shoot kind of miss. So. What's going on and welcome to episode number 1136 of Locked on Raptors for Friday, March the 11th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors and you can subscribe to, follow, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts on the audio side of things. And for video, you can go to YouTube every single day. You get to see my mug talking raps. So why not go hit the big red? Subscribe button over there. And as always, a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. All right, on today's show, it's been a Scotty Barnes heavy week. He's had some big games. He won Rookie of the Month recently. We've been talking about that. And of course, we did the whole Rookie of the Year breakdown on Tuesday that a lot of Pistons fans found and got very mad about. Just relax. It's fine. Cade's awesome. We said at the end of that show, Cade was going to be the best player of the class. So relax. Anyway, I'm not mad about the YouTube comments at all. (laughs) We are going to continue, however, (laughs) The Scotty Barnes talk on today's show with a wonderful guest who himself just did some Scotty Barnes content yesterday, breaking down his excellent game against the Spurs. It is from the Raptors Over Everything podcast in Yahoo Sports Canada. Amit Man, who I'm always ready and excited because I know if the guest is into it by whether or not they dance to the music when I'm playing the music and I can see you in the background (laughs) bobbing along. You were bobbing along very aggressively. So this is going to be a good one, Amit. How's it going, man?
3: I'm an aggressive bobber. When I hear a good tune, I'm I'm ready to go. Also, it's Friday. Like why not? Right? Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Extreme Friday vibes going on here on your yeah. friday episode uh scotty barnes a man we, the vibes speaking of which uh they're, they're, you know them when it comes to scotty barnes he is very good at basketball of course uh so far this season just to kind of round out where he is 15 points a game 7.6 boards 3.3 assists 1.1 steals 0. 0.8 blocks 49 from the floor mm. About 31% from three, uh, a true shooting percentage around 55 or so, reasonable efficiency. And, uh, you know, he, he's just, you know, waving happily at the All Star break and everything. It's a beautiful time to be beholding Scotty Barnes. We're going to dig in a second into some of the historical Raptors rookie seasons that he's kind of in the category of with the year he's put in so far. But, Ahmed, I want to begin with what are your thoughts on Scotty Barnes? I kind of like to get this impression from every new face on the podcast because. Everyone has their own appreciation of what Scotty Barnes does. What has your uh, Scotty Barnes viewing experience been this season? Have you been taking it all in?
3: i think the most incredible part is how how impactful he is on in every part of basketball yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something that you can't really uh, it's kind of unheralded for a lot of rookies because they're usually so focused on a few aspects like you do your job you do this part you do that part you know cade i guess an exception and evan mobley very 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 good draft class <laughs> um but uh he affects the game in so many ways and he's one of the players like similar in other players in raptors rookie history is that um if they're not on the floor the team is worse And I think that is a huge, huge credit to all those players because that is a very difficult thing to do at 20, 21, 19, whatever the case is. And so Mm -hmm. that's probably the biggest thing that stands out to me is that he continues to find ways to impact the game in every way that he possibly could. And that's why Masai and Bobby loved him from the get-go, right? We're all saying, oh, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs. They're like, no, this guy is (laughs) unselfish and he loves winning and he fits our culture. And so we're going to draft him. And now we're all happy that they did.
0: Yeah, certainly. And I think for me, you know, to kind of answer my own question, and I've answered this, you know, in various forms of the podcast already in the past, but hey, not everybody listens every day. That's fine. Um, I, I just love how moldable he seems. And it doesn't really seem to matter what the context of the team is, whether they're down guys for injury and need more from him as a creator and a self, you know, reliant score type. Whether it's okay, they're fully healthy and they need someone to kind of fill in the gaps as the five in their starting lineup, and he's doing the, the nasty, mean, gritty things in between. You know, whether they need him to take a specific defensive assignment or they need him to, you know, look at a matchup on the offensive end and kind of punish it like he did against the Spurs on Wednesday against all of their various undersized wings. Uh mm-hmm. it, it just he seems to have no sort of limit as to what he'll take on. You know, he'll have varying degrees of success with all this stuff, but the fact that able to, they've been able to throw him out into basically every position and ask him to do different things over the course of the season, like that's a lot for a rookie to take on. And the fact that he hasn't really had more than a couple of spells where it's looked a little overwhelming to him is pretty remarkable. So, uh, you know, I am curious what you think about this, Amit. You know, Scotty Barnes is just, uh, you know... He's 20 years old. There's a lot to go here in terms of development. We don't really know where it's all going to go, what kind of development track he's going to go down, but the Raptors are going to have some say in that. I'm curious, like, what do you think the sort of role for Scotty Barnes, maybe Mm -hmm. not this season, because I think we kind of know this season, he's going to be the guy who fills in the gaps when the starters aren't available. He's going to be that sort of glue guy that we talked about, but going forward, Is there a role in particular you'd like to see him kind of project as? Is there a track of development you'd like to see him go down to work on a specific set of things to become X type of player? Or is that malleability kind of a feature and not a bug here? And you're not really worried about what the ultimate role is because he's going to impact the game in all sorts of ways regardless.
3: I think he actually wants that, too. Um, I don't think he mm-hmm. wants to be just a scorer or just a rebounder or just a cutter or just a screener. He wants to do all of it. In a weird way, I kind of want him to be like latter years LeBron James because LeBron kind of embraced the aspect where, all right, so like I've lost my quickness, quickness, but I also have this right here. I'm pointing to my brain because he has a very high basketball IQ and he knows how to use it. And so he did. he does pretty much everything, right? He is a screener. He is a passer. uh, He works in the post. He is a shooter. He does everything that a person could possibly do in the game of basketball uh, to affect winning. And I think that's kind of what Scotty's kind of uh, probably his comfort zone is, is that you don't want to put him in a box because he's too good at too many things. And like I said earlier on, Masai and, Masai and Bobby loved that aspect of him, is that they loved that he could just influence the game in a lot of different ways. And not everyone can do that, but when you're 6'10", and growing seemingly, and 235 pounds, and you have a dribbling ability, and you can run the floor, like it'd be a shame just to put a, a ceiling or a box into someone who can do that. Like, look, look at Giannis mm-hmm. right now right yeah there he does virtually everything but also at the same time they had to like kind of pull him towards becoming a screener he didn't want to do it yeah right he was very resistant to it scotty with his unselfishness he just wants to win games and i hope you know as he continues to progress in his nba career i hope that stays is that he just becomes this person that is what he is now he still wants to win games he still wants to influence winning in any way he can and he doesn't get that ego that a lot of star players have because a lot of guys yeah they could you know, screen and stuff like that. But they're just like, nah, just give me the ball and get the hell out of the way. All right. I, I got this. But Scotty's yeah. not that. And I don't want him to lose that aspect because he's just too damn good.
0: Yeah. I am fully with you on that. I, I think. For me, the dream with Scotty Barnes is that he's not a point guard or a forward or a center. He's a Scotty Barnes. <laughs> and yeah. the like context of the team can change around him depending on matchups, depending on, you know, what certain guys' skill sets are and things like that. Like I just feel like he's a really interesting piece for the building of the team, right? You know, we talked about like Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siak. We kind of know where they slot in in a typical depth chart or in typical lineup, and you kind of fit the pieces around them. But with Scotty Barnes, it's a little bit more sort of like, all right, choose your own adventure. Like, what do you want to put around Scotty Barnes? Do you want Mm -hmm. him to be a center? Do you want him to play guard? Like, and how does that alter the way you build your team from there? Do you agree with that? Like, do you think that the team building process gets pretty intriguing here for the Raptors because of Scotty and the way he can kind of blend with a bunch of different skill sets, or is there maybe, you know, an inclination to maybe want to have, um, you know, like a more traditional sort of team build around, like I, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing to kind of, you know, contemplate. But, you know, as far as team building goes, it does feel pretty interesting as to like how you can sort of maximize him. And I, I don't know what that means for the guys currently on the roster and how they fit. I think all of them fit with him quite well right now. But mm-hmm. is like playing center alongside these types of guys the way you want to go long term forward? Or is there a different sort of team building model that his skill set allows for, do you think?
3: And they got to make that decision kind of quickly. And I talked about uh, this with Katie Hindu, who's also who also appears on this podcast. She's very talented. Follow Katie on on Twitter at whatevs. Um, is that they kind of have to make a decision, like maybe as soon as this off season, what they're going to do. It depends on how they're viewing this upcoming season, because after next season, um, you got Gary and Fred VanVleet both with player options, and they will opt out because mo money, right? So obviously they get a lot more expensive. They're already at like 112 million just going into next season. So long story short, money is, is going to become a problem. And they still have some deficiencies. We see the guards, the guard issue is has been there from day one and it continues to be there. Um, they could use a center. Do they need a center? Do they need like a quality center? Like do this need someone who can, is like a big body, a seven footer who can kind of move around a little bit and isn't, um, you know, yeah, just has some mobility to them. Is that all they need? Like need, these are things that they got to decide, but looking at how Scotty is developing um, just with the Pope with this post game. And he talked about this after that Spurs game. And granted, like you said, I mean, they are undersized, but he has been working on his post game. He's got a left hand now, right? And that he's been working on that throughout the season. And then they asked him, Hey, can you shoot threes for us? And earlier on the season, he was shooting threes and you know, the, the percentages aren't that great, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. But he's going to keep on working and considering how much better he has gotten throughout this season what do you think sophomore Scotty's is going to be? And I'm saying yeah. all this because there's only, there's a lot of cooks on, on the Raptors right now. And I don't know if it, it best serves Scotty necessarily to be like this roaming, um, offensive player. And, you know, he fills in the gaps and stuff like that. Maybe it's not even the best for the Raptors franchise because he, he is a very difficult person to guard for a lot of teams, especially mm-hmm. when you have a Pascal Siakam and a Fred Van Bleet. Um, and so do they got to make a decision between OG and Gary? I'm not saying that they have to. I'm just saying this is something that maybe they got to think about is, do you want to go with the same starting five next season when you have all these issues in the background and, you know, the free agency market isn't that great? Are you going to make a trade? Um, that's you could dramatically improve your team for next season. But is that something you want to do? They're all under contract, so there's no worries about that. But, you know, what is the timeline for them trying to win a championship? It's It's not an easy answer.
0: It's not, Uh, you know, I am on the side of, I don't think you necessarily have to make any of those big decisions this summer. Like I I think there's still time to kind of, you know, marinate here. I I know when it comes to like Fred, for example, you're going to extend him anyway, regardless of how Scotty develops. I think you want Fred around for the long haul. Gary Mm -hmm. becomes a pretty interesting one and he's just obviously been so important because of the space he breathes into the offense. Even when he's cold, that space is so valuable just for all the other guys in the team who really take advantage of space quite well. I'm fine if they roll into next season with the sort of similar setup. And we actually get to see, you know, more than 20 games of the the, the five main guys True. playing together. Yeah. Because, you know, my stance on this team all season long has been, it ain't the starters that's the problem. It's the bench. It's the lack of shooting and depth in the back part of the reserve crew. And mm. the starters typically fare quite well. Their overall numbers as a lineup are still sort of right around like neutral but you know we've seen them in really big moments kind of come together crunch time things like that really looking like a super potent five and i just every time i look at scotty barnes i'm like that dude's like seven feet tall he's enormous maybe he's just a center like maybe that's just the way you go forward and you just accept hey you know we're not gonna be super bruising but we have a guy who's as tall or as large as most other centers in the NBA, and he also can go and post anybody up that he wants, and he can also handle the ball. Maybe that's a totally fine thing to have, and maybe we just haven't really seen the full potential of that because he's in his rookie season and he's learning the intricacies of the position. You know, again, mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, box him into a corner and say, You're just a center, Scotty, go be a five. But as far as next season goes, I don't mind seeing a little bit more of the concept that's been tested so far this season and for the most part it's had pretty good results it's just been circumstance for the team and health and injury and all this stuff that's kind of made things a little bit more of a slog um but i you know i made this point in yesterday's podcast i think it's totally fine that there's not like a clear number one within the raptors offense that scotty's not getting a 27 percent usage because part of the, the the whole deal with this raptors team at full health is anyone can mess you up at any given time yeah. and maybe no one there is like a top 10 level talent but all of them are top fifty-ish players and can give you some problems if the ball swings to them, uh, you know, against a compromised defense or whatever. So, uh, mm-hmm. really interesting stuff. He's a fascinating player to kind of theorize what the team's going to look like around going forward. We're going to continue on in just a sec on it, and we're going to talk about where Scotty's rookie season falls among all-time Raptors rookie seasons. It's been, you know, a while I think since we saw a rookie have a year like this <laughs> in Toronto. They obviously have had some great ones in the past. We'll get to those in just a second. But first I want to tell you about our better friends over at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds contests and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, so you're never making a bet without being fully informed on what you're betting on. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Go check them out.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And we continue on here with your first listen of the day with Ob McMahon of Yahoo Sports Canada. Let's talk mm. Raptors historical context of rookie <clears throat> seasons. That was a clunky way to put it. Uh, look, there have been some great rookie seasons in the past. Rookie of the year winning seasons in the past. Runner-up rookie of the year seasons in the past. Shout out Charlie V. Um, You know, I personally wasn't really sentient for Damon Stoudemire's Rookie of the Year season or Vince Carter's. I I kind of got in in like year two, three of Vince, and that's really where kind of my fandom took hold. Ahmed, I'm curious, like, were you like sort of around and following the team closely for those Damon and Vince years, number one? And if, if so, can you comment on... How they kind of stack up to this with Scotty. And if not, like just speak to you know where you think this kind of slots in among your favorite raps rookie seasons.
3: Um, I mean, I was just out of diapers for both of those guys. Well, I mean, not so much, uh, not so much VC. That's 98 right. uh, 99. so a bit of a different story. But for Damon, I mean 95, 96. Yeah, I was just out for a couple of years. So um, I'm pretty much going off of highlights for the most part, but that doesn't mean that those highlights aren't incredible. And you look at the numbers that those two did, and it is ridiculous. Even like David Stoudemire, I'm not sure if people realize this, but he averaged 40 minutes a game in his rookie season. That is ridiculous. Like, that is unheard of. That is Nick Nurse-esque, right? Like, who's pushing their rookie player like that? And also, (laughs) I'm asking you, Sean, do you know who Alvin Robertson is?
0: Of course I know. It's the man who scored the like 32 points or something in the
3: first ever game for the team. Oh, well, there you go. So you were one person who does, but I had no idea who he was. And he started 69 <laughs> games for that team. Like, that wasn't a good team. That was an expansion franchise. Like, my goodness, right? That was not a quality group of, of, of players. And he put up ridiculous numbers. And you look at, like, some of the – and I'm just going off highlights. So, like, it is yeah. what it is, but that is no rookie. Okay, like the way that he was able to shift gears and, you know, screen navigate and screen manipulate and the change of pace is like he was called Mighty Mouse for a reason. He was a unbelievable talent. Even Kyle Lowry talked about like he he was asked when he uh, joined the Heat, like who's the greatest rapper of all time? And he almost said Dane, but then he ended up saying Alvin (laughs) Williams because... He's out <laughs> of
0: Villanova, Kiss Acid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff,
3: man. all that stuff. But um, it's very rare to find a player in the rookie year have the control of the game the way that Damien mm-hmm. Stoudemire did. And again, I'm just going off highlights, but they are that incredible. It's like, you just look at like a five-minute clip. You're like, yeah, this is not a rookie player. This is like a five-year vet. And granted, you know, that was some of his best years of, of his NBA career. But at the same time, like, it doesn't, you know, dismiss what he did against, you know, when he was a full component of the offense. And he's also 5'10". He may have been 5'9 at that time. Like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he was Funny, an yeah. unbelievable talent. Right? And uh, yeah, yeah. I I have to say that he's probably one of the best. And then, I mean, Vince Carter, you can wrap up Vince Carter if you'd like, because there haven't been many rookies like him. Wow.
0: No, I I made the point on my other podcast, a basketball with Katie Heindel a couple of weeks ago, last week that like what we're seeing with John Morant is kind of the closest thing we've seen to Vince Carter's rise, Mm. I think. Right. Like, just so electrifying everybody who even is like a casual knows who he is, is tuning into the games. Like he's winning freaking all-star votes, uh, like titles and everything like that. Just yeah. like that, I think is kind of the closest thing to, the, to like two jaw that we've seen is early Vince. And again, I, I wasn't fully sentient for the first couple of years. It was kind of like 99, 2000 that I really latched on. Um, but even then, like it was just completely overwhelming. And yeah, like if you go back and look at the numbers, Damon's first season uh, with the Raptors, 70 games played. As you mentioned, 41 minutes a night, 19 points, 9.3 assists, four boards. He took 4.83s a game and shot thirty-nine four 39.5%. Like that is not 95, 96 stuff at all. No, um, really, really all-encompassing point guard play in that season from Damon. Vince in his rookie year, 18.3 points, 5.7 boards, three assists. steals and one and a half blocks? Uh, Just (laughs) uh, ridiculous. (laughs) Only played 50 games. It was the lockout shortened season. But, I mean, just like that, it it gave way to, of course, like a two- or three-year run where he was one of the better players in the NBA, like kind of in that post-Jordan window where it was like Iverson and early Duncan days and like the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. And, like, Vince was Mm -hmm. right there among, like, the main characters of the league at the time. So i'd probably say those two like you'd, you'd say for sure were better than Scotty's. after that though man i'm having a hard time coming up with a better rookie season than what scotty barnes is doing right now for the raptors you know if you go back through the i mean you know, Chris Bosh took a couple years for him to really kind of gain a hold. He averaged in his first season. Uh, he was at only, I well, played 33 and a half minutes a game, but like 12 points a game, yeah. seven boards, one assist, like good, but not amazing. Uh, you know, Bargnani kind of had a sneakily useful rookie year, that 2006-07 year with Sam Mitchell wins coach of the year, their third in the East, comes off the bench for all but two games, averages 11.6 though, four boards, shoots 37% from three on 4.1 attempts. Like among mm-hmm. the better seasons from Barg's. Uh, But then you're kind of looking at Charlie Villanueva as as like the only other real contender here. Am I missing somebody?
3: Uh, No, I was looking at it just like you were last night, just like kind of looking around. What were some really notable rookie years? And a lot of these guys like a Damar, a T-Mac, they didn't have that role in their first season with the Raptors. Uh, Norm Powell, 15 minutes. I mean, all three of those guys kind of played similar amounts of uh, minutes per game between 15 and Mm -hmm. 20 or so. JV um he was a bit up and down he had a good rookie season i mean nine points, six rebounds in 24 minutes not a bad rookie yeah. year but that's also nine points and six rebounds when we're talking about players who average like close to 20 and 10 in some cases yeah. um and chris bosh i mean I, I love watching him in his rookie year like that was back then when he loved dunking on people and that was really cool <laughs> you know he loved being that guy who's like theo ratliff and you know just go down the list like he, he had that like drop step dunk that he just did over and over and over and it was really hard to stop. And he had, like, as the season went on in that year, we um, really kind of found a stride. You know, he, there were more like 15 and tens and 20 and eights and stuff like that. Yeah. And you could see like how uh, versatile he was going to be in his NBA career. And unfortunately it was kind of cut short. A sneaky thing about Chris Bosch is that I I kind of forgot that he spent his peak years in Miami, right? Like his yeah. best years of his NBA career were spent in Miami when he was like third fiddle. Um, I'm not sure like how, how would he be? How would he be evaluated if he was in a different franchise where you know he was more of a, a number one option? It's kind yeah. of a unfortunate thing uh, that happened with him at 31. He had to retire. But Marcus Canby is the only pr- other person that came to mind, and the players that oh, we're talking good about. Call. Was, good yeah, call. Good uh, call. Dame yeah. uh, Vince. Um, Scotty and Marcus Canby, all players that you know were averaging around like 30 minutes a game, right? So I think that's one other uh echelon that you got to put put a rookie in that when they're playing that many minutes, um, that means that they're that important to their team. And he was at 14 points, six rebounds, two blocks. Uh, he had a steal, <laughs> he was all rookie first team. He won one rookie of the month. So he was, yeah, pretty good. But all the guys we're talking about, you know, they were twenty-two years old. How do we factor that in, you know, and Scotty is 20 years old, Um, although he has the body of a 28 year old, but he is actually 20 years old. And uh, that cannot be forgotten that um, he's very, very early in this process, but his brain is 28. Yeah,
0: he's like, (laughs) I think my favorite thing about Scotty Barnes right now is watching how much smarter he is than everybody else he's trying to pass to. And they're all like, not even realizing the passes are coming in hot. Like, Yeah. yeah, that's something he's got to adjust to, but it's great. Um, yeah, like you rattled off the list there. Candy's a really good pull. That's an insanely good rookie season, like nearly mm-hmm. 15, six and like more blocks than assists, which is hilarious. Cause he had one and a half assists. Um, but yeah, the, the, I guess the thing to consider here is that most of these rookie seasons came for completely ass teams, right? Like yeah. the expansion Raptors, no good. What did they win? Like, what, like 23 games or something like that. The 99, uh, Raptors, not a very good team. The Charlie V team, not very good either. Uh yes. the what was it? Oh three, oh four was his first season. Um no, his first season was oh five oh six, the year before Barks came in. That was a really bad team. That was the Mike James team, if I recall. Uh not a good team Shout in out any Mike way.
3: James. Shout out to Mike yeah, James. I mean,
0: putting the ball in the hole at an incredible rate. We love it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But again, all these guys outside of Bargnani, who again is a bench player on that 06, 07 team, isn't even like a top three European guy off of that team. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably doesn't stack up. The only other one that came to mind, and it's a little more modest in terms of numbers, but rookie year OG Ananobi was Uh, maybe the best defensive player on a team that won 59 games.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: that counts for something like he got the starting job pretty early on into the year and kind of ran with it what say you as og is like one of like these sort of echelon up top top tier rookie seasons it was super low you know like an eight percent usage or something crazy like that but like <laughs> there's there's got to be something there right to sort of throw him into this group considering he did it for a team that won more games than any raptors team has ever won
3: it's a weird thing to think about right like how do you evaluate a rookie season is it based on like their you know personal production or based on their impact on on winning because you know yeah. when it comes to scotty barnes like you probably say okay well scotty i mean look at the raptors like look how good he is like probably he's way up there um yeah. but you put scotty on like a crappy team and it's like a team that's lottery bound right his numbers are going to be a lot better because he's going to shoot more he's going to have the ball in his hands more he's going to be you know yeah. right now he's like 15 and 7 you said right 15 and 7 yeah or yeah. so yeah, those are probably going to balloon a little bit because he's going to be shooting more. He'll have the ball in his hands more. And then we're going to be like, oh my God, like look at his season though. But then also he's on a team that <laughs> won 45 games or yeah. 40 or whatever. Like, So uh tough thing to kind of, I guess I would put him in the same category as uh, Marcus Camby, right? Because yeah. I, I do think that Scotty and, uh, and VC and Dame are kind of in their own category. And then the one underneath would be uh, probably Marcus Camby. And I guess OG Ananobi. and Anobi. Uh, and you put yeah. Chris Bosh in there too. Uh, players that had exceptional seasons, just maybe not as good as those uh, other three because of the, the things I've kind of talked about, you know, Dame just being like 5'10 and taking over the league, Vince Carter um being must-watch TV. Like it's kind of one of those things where like you have a player who's in Toronto and people in the States are like, I have to watch this kid play basketball. He was yeah. that guy, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah. that can't be dismissed. And the impact is that he had on the Raptors franchise. Are they still here? Are they extinct if he wasn't yeah. a Raptor for a little while? Like that – I mean, it's kind of a, a low-key thing to think about, but it is a factor for for me. And then Scotty, um, I mean, he's 20 years old and he's doing all this. It's he could, He's going to be the best player of all these guys that we're talking about. And it's an interesting question to, like, really think about where will he be in, in five years? Like, what's Scotty Barnes yeah. going to be? The comparison is a Giannis, but I think he's going to be better than Giannis because he already, you know, categorically, you know, player to player at 20 years old he already is so you would think that he's going to continue to progress and get to new heights with his uh relentless work ethic so yeah yeah fun times to be a raptor fan the <laughs> future always feel like thing that. is
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i Okay, the Raptors just won a title still, like, less than three years ago. I don't know why I looked at my watch to tell that. It's okay. We're still in the honeymoon phase here. It's fine. Last year sucked. Everything else other than last year for the last 10 years has been awesome. So uh, being a Raptors fan has been uh, a pretty, I think, rewarding thing over the last 10 years or so. Um, As far as, like, the future comps, yeah. I mean, I always struggle with this. I don't know. Like, Giannis is maybe the best player in the world. And I think it's a lot mm-hmm. to heap on Scotty to say, oh, just go become the best player in the world. No problem. I think, you know, we do get caught in the trap sometimes of just assuming progression is linear and that because you start at point A, it means you're going to, you know, end at a higher point than with the guy who started at point A a little bit lower. Yeah. You know, I'll wait and see on that. I also don't know if he has like the same sort of bruising physicality that Giannis has, even though I know he's insanely strong and beefy but he seems like a little bit more of like a finesse type player. And so I wonder if there's like a hybrid of, you know, uh, more sort of like limber wing type, like a Jason Tatum, you know, more of a, and you get like the mm. honest elements as well. I saw someone say that he's going to be like the next Jokic, which is hilarious uh, and would be cool. I think Jokic is like mm. his own thing, but this is, I don't mm. think we need to, again, going back to the original point of don't pencil him into a position to worry yeah. about going forward. Uh, it doesn't have to be Giannis or Jokic. He's Scotty Barnes, which is pretty damn cool on its own. Any last parting shots on Scotty before we take a quick break and come back and uh, tee up Raptors Sons and Raptors Nuggets?
3: Um, If I have a third child, his name will be Scotty Barnes, a guy or girl. <laughs> That's there funny. If I
0: ever get a dog, I'm going to name it Beans. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> in in Scotty's nice. honor. Um Let's uh, continue on here. We're going to get to Raptors Suns, Raptors Nuggets in just one sec. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, making the best tasting protein bars you can find anywhere. I'm telling you. I don't really like protein bars. I find them usually quite gritty and nasty and not very pleasant to eat. They're more just like fuel. They feel like it's the future, and you're just eating like condensed energy so you can survive the climate wars. Well, that's not the case with Built Bar. It feels like I'm just having a nice, delicious, light snack, and it is making me feel like I'm being indulgent. It's wonderful wonderful little trick that plays on your brain. Uh, Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein in your standard bar. Compare that to your typical candy bar that's going to have at least 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar. That is so much sugar, plus dozens of net carbs and you don't want to be doing that all the time to yourself. Once in a while, sure, indulge, but you can't be doing it every night. You can't be snacking late at night every single time and hoping to sort of come out feeling better the next day. So built Bar is the way to help scratch that itch without giving you all the bad stuff that uh, scratching the itch tends to come come with. Anyway, uh, lots of great flavors for you to check out. Mint, brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream is a limited time flavor right now. Go check it out. They got limited time flavors all the time on the site and they have a, a taste and a flavor for everybody whether you have a nut allergy whether you're keto all of that stuff is covered as well go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 get the fit get 15 off your order that's promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off at built.com
2: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Okay, we round out today's episode of the show with Abba Mann from Yahoo Sports Canada. Raptors, Suns. Friday night. The Suns are a steamrolling ball of fury. They're basically uh, <laughs> like the war rig from Mad Max: Fury Road. Just, just mowing people down all the way through the season. Even without Chris Paul. Even without Devin Booker. He's back now, by the way. So that makes tomorrow night quite difficult or tonight I guess yeah it's Friday Uh, (laughs) what day is it I never know Uh, (laughs) but yeah Raptors Suns let's start there Uh, any hopes for the Raptors in this one I mean if Fred Van Vliet's around I think there's certainly a better chance they can give them some trouble OG would be really valuable in this game as just an option to throw on Devin Booker it sucks that he's not there Uh, Hmm. thoughts on Raptors Suns tonight without Chris Paul but still the Suns are uh, just so damn good
3: yeah, I guess expectations would be that I wanted to see a similar effort to that Cavs game. Granted, the Raptors lost that game, but you could yeah. argue in that Spurs game, um, they were a bit up and down. They kind of lost their mojo in the second quarter, and I guess predominantly because the bench sort of lost their mojo, although they played pretty mm-hmm. well in the, in the second half. But I wanted, would like to see a consistent 48 minutes. How about that for a cliche? Um, that would be a really good thing to see because this is a challenging team. The Phoenix Suns, like they have a lot of off-ball movement. Um, they they are a team that does play 48 minutes and they got a lot of size. I'm curious, you know how how they're going to use DeAndre Ayton against the Raptors because that's where mm. the the you know the size issues that the Raptors have. Granted, they're big, but at the center position, not so much, um, could become an issue for them. And uh, yeah, it's it's little things like that because I I don't know I don't have great hopes for this game. I mean, that the line is minus five. Um, we'll see how it goes. The Raptors could certainly hold it to around there, but they got to play that full game. And Fred Bleet looked great against uh, against the Spurs. That was the most encouraging thing other than Scotty Barnes, you know, taking over the second half is that he looked very mobile, very limber. He looked really spry and uh, his lateral movement was back to where it probably should be, which was the best thing to see. So that's my takeaway is that Fred's healthy. That's a good thing. And just go out there and try really hard and focus for 48 minutes against the Phoenix Suns.
0: Another big injury note for the Suns is Cam Johnson's out, and Cam Johnson's been yeah. playing out of his mind lately at 38 points a few nights ago. Uh, that's a big one as well, and will hopefully limit the you know the damage done by not having OG because that's one less guy that you have to worry about a wing defender to throw to. So uh, you know, mm. I'm fascinated. Who do you think they throw on Booker? I, I can't even recall back. I'm assuming it was OG for most for the most part in the first game they played against them, where they did play the Suns quite tight in Toronto yeah. uh, with no fans in the building. Um, like... Ha- it can't be fred i would think like he's a little too small he's just gonna get shot over like do you try to throw scotty on him and just see does it work do you have gary trent harass him and potentially foul him five times in the first quarter like (laughs) what's your approach for devin booker do you think in this one
3: yeah, I look back at that game too, and it was a lot of OG and Anobi. And OG historically has uh, guarded Devin pretty well. So that's, as you talked about, um, big loss for this particular game. OG's a loss for every single game. But this one in particular, especially even tomorrow too, as we're going to talk about with the Denver Nuggets. Huge yeah. loss. OG and Anobi, please come back soon hopefully, hopefully your help your finger is just fine um I think it's going to be a combination of a few different players they're probably going to throw Scotty at him for a little bit um, but that's going to be you know do you have the do you have a pressure to chew on the court at the same time Ken Birch how is he doing how's his tooth um they're gonna probably need a little bit more uh, center typical center play in this game because Over the past few games with um, Chris Paul out, they really are using DeAndre Ayton more as a a feature part of their offense. And he's embracing Mm -hmm. it. He's rolling with it. And, you know, campaign, like, give him credit. He's made himself an NBA player, and he's playing pretty good basketball. I picked him up on my fantasy team. He's doing really good things for (laughs) me. Um, He's getting, like, you know, 11 and 10 for you, and he's going to be a real pest for Fred Van Bleet. So... Yeah, I would expect a lot more uh, center play from the Raptors. Chris Boucher, Prescichua, like we're going to see a lot more um, center play from that from those guys. And then they're probably going to need a little bit of Yuta Watanabe, I would think, because as those guys kind of go through their fouls, fouls which will inevitably happen, I could see Yuta maybe getting a shot tonight.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad call. I, I think you know it's tricky, right? Like they obviously they're such a heavy pick and roll team. And I wonder if maybe the way to try to do this, I wonder if this is like a heavy Precious game. So it feels to me like Mm -hmm. the best shot you have against Aiden strength-wise, but maybe you can also switch stuff with him. I know they don't switch a ton, but maybe this is a game where you can try to do that because you have Precious, who I think can guard in space against a guy like Booker. Obviously, to be a huge test for him. He's not asked to do stuff like that. All the time but he's really good with his feet on the perimeter and, yeah. and maybe that's the way you go here and maybe you throw scotty or something as the primary on a Bar- booker to begin with so you can switch those actions and then scotty ends up on on Aiton, and you're okay i suppose with that in terms of size you're probably gonna have mm-hmm. to send doubles ayton's way and, and dare him to pass it's just boy the suns have a lot of guys who can knock down yeah. threes on the swing so yeah it's gonna be tricky man the suns are really really freaking good i think they're gonna win the title uh but i uh, you Ooh. know i think the raptors have some interesting stuff they can throw at him is that a hot take like they're like first in the league by like 10 games they're amazing like, they yeah i feel mean like they're going to win the title uh,
3: no for sure they, they do um i guess like i got a sneaky hope that the la clippers get healthy and Kawhi starts uh coming i feel back like that's he...
0: not happening man it's yeah, a but lot he's dribb- it is too.
3: it is but like you know they're a pretty good team without him as well. And if Paul George is Paul George, he's doing his things. And who knows? You know, it would be a real unfortunate scenario if Kawhi misses this entire year because you add him, even like 50% of Kawhi, um, you got a pretty damn good team there, a team that could possibly win the NBA championship because they're that good. They're that deep. Um, yeah. But yeah, with the Suns and with the Raptors game, I, I feel like there should be like a lot of like typical switching from the Raptors yeah. on defense. And you kind of just live with like, is campaign and Devin Booker going to make that entry pass to DeAndre Ayton over the top? I'm not sure. Yeah. I want I want to see them do it. Chris Paul will, right? He'll do it. Yeah. But I would like to see them um, challenge those guys to make that particular pass and just live with the switches. And if Devin Booker goes off for 40 and you're playing good defense, then hey, tip your hat. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Kind of simplified things a little bit. The Raptors tend to be really aggressive sometimes, but then sometimes they're not. And that's kind of when I find that they're really good is that they're just letting their length take over and they're not overpressuring because Mm -hmm. a team like the Phoenix Suns will kill you when you do that.
0: Yeah. And then quickly on the Sunday game against the Denver Nuggets, uh, of course, Raptors played a really good game. Probably like the last great effort from the Raptors, (laughs) honestly Mm -hmm. was against the Nuggets just before the all-star break. They lose that at the buzzer with the block by Jokic on OG it was an amazing Siakam game. What was he, like 35, 10, and 7 in that one? Obviously, yeah. Jokic was incredible, too. They don't have Will Barton, uh, it looks like, for that game, which is a big loss because he was, I thought, really instrumental in that game against the Nuggets back a few weeks ago. And he mm-hmm. just he's really their only like rim pressure threat on that entire team. And so I wonder if maybe that's a way to kind of steal one. Second out of the back-to-back at altitude is never easy. I would imagine that's going to be a loss. And if their Raptors are going to win one, it's probably going to have to be tonight against the Suns, but uh, quick thoughts on Raptors Nuggets. I know we've recently seen it, so maybe there's not a whole lot to dig into, but uh, quick uh, thoughts on can the Raptors pull this one out? How will they do it?
3: Man, like these games are so important, and this is the worst time for one of these road trips. <laughs> um, but uh, but after anyways. that, it's like
0: home free, literally. They're home for like the last like eight of 10 games or something crazy like that. Like they're, they're really home heavy after this trip, finally.
3: Yeah, yeah, it'll be needed. Hopefully they can uh, make a a play for that top six. But um, for that game, I mean, you kind of have to just, they let Jokic do Jokic things in that game. Um, He he had like 35 or something like that, or 30, because uh, they just wanted to negate his passing ability. But at the same time, he did kill them, like badly. (laughs) So, um, But they didn't really use a lot of their centers, typical, atypical centers um yeah. during that game because uh, I think they just wanted to roll with Scotty Barnes and Scotty got in foul trouble early. and also I mean no OG and OB, so I think they're gonna have to use some of their other players anyways and you know it's like some of those little things um you just have to try and negate Jokic's passing and as you said kind of similar to what actually the Brooklyn Nets did to Embiid yesterday is that you just kind of you know challenge those other players to make plays and yeah. they just kind of loaded up on Joel Embiid. They showed a lot of bodies to him. And granted, Jokic is a much better passer than Joel Embiid. But make those they other got players worse shooters make-
0: though. They got much worse shooters. They do.
3: They do. And Will Barton, like you said, that is a factor because he's kind of like a do it all kind of kind of guy. He can cut. He can uh, hit shots. And he was um, a big uh, big factor in that win that they had the other day. So I think you just have to let those other players, you know, challenge one of them to go off. That's kind of the thing. Totally.
0: Yeah, not having OG. He's kind of been their best Jokic foil the last couple of years here. So that's, again, a big one. Maybe
3: there's a surprise return. Who knows? He's on the
0: trip. Maybe he gets, uh, I don't think it'll be still a little out from the two week window. So I would bet against it. But hmm. hey, we never know. The Raptors are weird about injuries all the time. Anything could happen. Uh, Ahmed, <laughs> thank you so much for jumping on the pod, man. It was great to have you. Anything the good people out there should know about that you would like to plug for them now?
3: Uh, not much, man. Just uh, follow Raptors over everything. Got a few different podcasts happening from different hosts. Myself, Amon. We uh, recently partnered with Samson Folk. I'm sure you guys all know him. Doing some video breakdowns. That so guy. That should... <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd like. And also, you know, follow Lockdown Raptors because Sean's doing great work.
0: Oh, thank you, man. It's much appreciated. Uh, yeah, listen to Amit. Go subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. It's free to go and do so. Also on YouTube, please hit the big red subscribe button. We're closing it on 1,700 subs. Let's go do that. It's nice. It makes me feel good. Help me uh, feel good about myself, please. So <laughs> I did, go, did well done, go sub over there. Uh and yeah, thank thank you as always for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen locked on NBA, as the guys over there every single night are breaking down the games. It's a new crew each of the five days of the week. So you don't get sick of any one voice like our pal Nick Angstad. That guy, you don't want five days of Nick. One day of Nick is a perfect <laughs> amount of Nick. And I'm speaking as someone who talks to Nick every day for work. Uh anyway, that's uh <laughs> all I have for today. Thank you, as always. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Enjoy the back-to-back Friday, Saturday. See ya. Hey,
2: Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.